we're taking a look at Nehemiah tonight. And of course, it's a big and important uh, story, uh, a book with lots to give us. And we won't do justice to all of it in one hit. But here's one of two things that I would like to draw attention to as we think about, uh, continue thinking about what 2021 is going to be like for us as church and for how we might navigate it and what we might take away uh, from Nehemiah along those lines. Nehemiah is a guy whose experience might be very close to our own in some ways just at the moment. For many of us, we feel, although delighted to be able to gather uh, and be church, we kind of feel also a little bit exiled, like we're far away from where we want to be. And Nehemiah felt that way. He was a long way from his ancestral home. And when things weren't right, he wanted to do something about that home, to rebuild it. Now, what's interesting is that he decides not to wait for someone to give him an instruction, not to wait for someone to ask him to be busy, but he wants to get stuck in and play his part and provide some kind of leadership. He's not alone. Nehemiah is a book that belongs very much with Ezra, and there are others involved in leadership too. But Nehemiah takes on something of this role of leadership because he can see that there is something he can do. And he recognises that what's needed is for this group of people, this group of, of Judahites, to, to regather, to be together. And the work that he's doing isn't a work for him or a work for any individual, but a work for the community together. That's by way of introduction. Nehemiah then sets out. He gets a report of what things are like back home, and then he takes it into his own hands to do something. He tells the authority that he has access to that he wants to do something. He wants to go home and rebuild. He wants to renew what his people have as their home. He wants to turn charred, blackened, broken stone and wood and make something new in its place. He wants to restore. He doesn't want to replicate he wants something new that provides a home for the people of God. And so he sets off, knowing that he has authority and knowing that God is with him in order to bring that about. Now, what's interesting is that Nehemiah isn't really a story of Nehemiah's leadership. It's not really something that's supposed to tell us that we should be like Nehemiah. It's a reminder of what it is to be God's people together, building together sharing responsibility for what it means to be God's people and live like that that perhaps is something it's worth each of us remembering as we work our way through chapter two of Nehemiah we see something else we see that opposition is a reality when God's people want to do something in God's name there is opposition here and Nehemiah not only has to motivate people to build he also has to make logistical sense of what's happening and how to bring about the project, how to get involved in some change management. Things are going to be different and he has to work with and alongside people and instruct them as well so that that happens. And he also has to factor in how he's going to deal with the reality of this opposition. How is he going to respond to it? Perhaps something important for us to remember is that when we want to do something good, when we want to be involved in 
in this case, building something that renews and, and repurposes God's people, that as well as feeling perhaps tentative about the newness of it, but perhaps as well as being excited about the possibilities, we also need to remember that we have to factor in the opposition that will come. Even the best projects that God is involved with are not plain sailing. Let's keep hold of that idea too as we think about what Nehemiah has to offer us. And then we look at chapter 4 and we can see Nehemiah being busy but the thing to remember isn't so much how great a leader Nehemiah is, like I said earlier, but what it is that the people need, what the project needs, what, what this change management of the circumstances of the people of God is going to require. So here's three things that Nehemiah does. First of all, he prays. Faced with opposition, faced with a challenging set of circumstances and a big project, he prays. Secondly, he sets a watch. There is a sense of being aware, being ready, being prepared, not so much ahead of the task, but during the task. As they go, they're going to need to stay alert because the project is one that's going to throw all kinds of potential problems at them and including opposition. So he prays. He's watchful and thirdly he does something to encourage he brings the people together and he reminds them that God will fight for them that they don't have to do this on their own because God is with them but notice this when God is promised as one who fights for us it's not usually told that God will fight instead of us for us yes Instead of us, no. We have our own response that should be part of the fight. We have a part to play in the battle. New Testament has this concept of, of um, Yahweh our banner. And, and God is one who puts down a flag and says, rally to me. This is where I am in the battle. Come and be with me. Not so that you don't have to fight anymore, but because you rally around one who is victorious. Who will fight and win but will fight with us not instead of us a really long time before nehemiah we have moses who wrote this psalm it's psalm 90 i'm not going to read the whole thing but i'm going to read just from verses 13 to 17. lord how long before you return and show kindness to your servants fill us with your love every morning then we will sing and rejoice all our lives we have seen years of trouble. Now give us joy as you gave us sorrow. Show your servants the wonderful things you do. Show your greatness to their children. Lord our God, be pleased with us. Give us success in what we do. Yes, give us success in what we do. Moses calls on God to help them be successful because the things that Moses is leading the people to do are the things of God, are the, the good things of building the people of God and taking them to where they need to go. In Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 20, Nehemiah answers his opposition, the opposition who are saying, why are you doing this? Why are you changing things? Why are you getting involved here? And Nehemiah says this, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. 
Nehemiah calls on the idea that God will give them success because they are God's people doing things for God's people. They are being God's people. Perhaps that's something that we can helpfully cling on to. Well, that's about it from me. But I wanted to finish with a kind of summary. What is it that we can take away from the Nehemiah story with the little ways in which we've been able to look at it today? Well, I would say this. The one key thing. That we have the opportunity to choose how to rebuild. We get the choice. Coronavirus as a pandemic that stretched across the world has absolutely drawn a line in the sand in the lives of churches all across the world. There is change. How we manage that is up to us. How we choose to rebuild is up to us. But much as Nehemiah encouraged the priests who had houses around the edge of the city but where the walls weren't strong, we need to make sure that we don't just take responsibility for our own homes, not just for our own lives, but for the life of the church around us. We need to be those who are working together and being watchful together, praying together and fighting together and trusting that the Lord will fight for us too. How will you be part of the church as it becomes? What part will you play in the newness how will you contribute on this adventure?